Hey guys, welcome to the Collective Podcast. Um, we got an amazing guest on today. We got Scott Robertson um, from Design Studio Press. He's also um, used to teach at Art Center. He uh, does crazy concept designs. He's been in the industry for a very long time now. Um, has just a wealth of knowledge and experience, and has worked on numerous projects with some of the biggest companies. And uh, yeah, he's just a it's, he's a great person. Um, a really um, progressive thinker and um, a great teacher from what I've heard I haven't I haven't been taught by him so <laughs> disclaimer but I've heard that um, your your um, educational past and that the, the tutorials I do have um, from you from the Nomen and all that kind of stuff are really amazing so but yeah um, yeah Scott thank you so much for taking some time to chat with me and um, for everybody else that's out there listening so yeah thanks dude yeah oh, thank you Ash thanks for having me on yeah it's going to be I look forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, just everybody knows you, you're on, you're on a little bit of a, a leave right now, so you're. You yeah, can... <laughs> I'm. I'm, uh, I'm on. Uh, I just spent a week up in Mendocino. Oh, uh, cool. Which is our our go-to escape um, to get out of LA. Good. So we usually go up there, find a house on the cliff above the ocean, and just hang out and do nothing for a week. Wow. So, How often uh, do you get a chance to do that? Not often enough, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, this was my this was my first uh, this was my first break this year. So. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, and I don't think I'm getting another one until next year. Looks <laughs> like so. It's going to be a busy finish to this year, but um, Good for no, you. I, it's it's incredible up there. I love it. Yeah, it's self-induced, right? Like, um, you you keep yourself completely busy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I because I work for myself for the majority of my what I do, so uh, I'm I have no one else to blame. <laughs> but yeah. I always seem to have about five jobs. It seems like. So. <laughs> Same. We have a similar sickness. So. Yeah. What is I, that? I why just, do you, Why I, do you think you that know, is? You know, uh, <laughs> I just love it. It's yeah. just the creativity, and I love the diversity yeah. of the projects. You know, not only books, but occasional freelance work, and and now getting more and more into the digital side on the 3D work. Um, you know, so I start getting more into the Moto user groups and that kind of community. So yeah, yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, that's what it is, huh? It's like we're. It's like uh, that's how it is for me too. Even when it's work, it's still. I try to pick the jobs that are that I enjoy because yeah, those are the ones that you. Um, Sometimes the ones that aren't so good, you learn more from. It just depends on what kind of part of your brain is it is it paying attention, basically. But yeah, we have the same kind of uh, problem. <laughs> it's yeah. a good problem to have, you know. No, it is. It's it self-induced. Is. Uh, it's a good problem, it, but yeah. totally. But I think when I was younger, I used to take those jobs because um, you maybe you know you didn't have as much experience yes. and you you didn't realize what the jobs are going to be about. Yeah. Um, but as you do more and more and more of them, and I've been out of school now for. 23 years yeah you kind of learn what projects you're the best fit for you mm -hmm. know as opposed to just saying yes to everything <laughs> um you know that if you're not really interested you're not going to do you know the best work you can yeah um just because it's just not it's just not the right fit and so you learn to say no to those jobs now so, yeah um saying no is a powerful thing though too with with clients um yes you save their time but at the same time Oh, I used to have that problem. I grew up um, and I didn't have a ton of things that we were kind of impoverished a little bit. But uh, because of that, like I work super hard now just because mm -hmm. I don't want to like, I want to provide basically for my family. So I uh, overcompensate and then I had a 
I've had a, a couple of times where I completely hit a wall <laughs> because I just like I came to the end of myself, like you know, physically and stuff. Do you, have you had that as well? Yeah, yeah, a couple moments? of times. Yeah, because yeah, I have a similar background, and so okay. yeah, I work super hard and have a very strong work ethic. And um, but yeah, at a certain point, you just can't do anymore. And I was kind of <laughs> right about at that point, uh, right before we left for Mendocino, because I. Uh, had finished my how to draw book, which is, you know, was wicked difficult because it was a textbook. So that's now at press. So that was all gone and it's at press. And then I'd done two trips to Shanghai. Um, we did nine days of workshops in Taiwan. Wow. <laughs> um, and then I've done a couple other trips to the East Coast. And you uh, went to Comic-Con too, right? And Comic-Con, <laughs> yeah, squeezed in there. And then a Jeez. trip to the East Coast right after that. Wow. And then, so I think I was only home for seven days out of 40. Wow. Yeah. So it was a lot of travel, a lot of work, and finally some travel that was just purely personal time. So good for you, yeah, though. I mean, you got to do it. You got to do it. Well, it's just really amazing. It's 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 inspiring for me and probably everybody listening. It's, it's it, this is all self-propelled. I think you know if people are paying attention. There's a couple things I want to talk about too with that. But congratulations on pulling off that crazy stint because that sounds amazing and, and completely exhausting because travel itself for me at least when i travel it's very exhausting because it's a different time zones a different climates yeah. the different settings and everything it's it's cool as it is it's very exhausting but it is but you know what it's got to be and i'm always reminded of it every time i go on a trip how how crucial and important it is for designers yeah um because you see that you know, there's a, especially if you're an entertainment designer and you're creating worlds that, you know, have never been seen before and you're trying to create a sort of facsimile of a world that's similar to our own, but slightly different. Yeah. And you go to someplace like Asia and you're like, whoa, this is, they're doing, they kind of get along and do all the same things and they have nine to five jobs, but everything is slightly different. <laughs> yeah. And so it, it, it's a great like practical example yeah. of, oh, wow, this is like, they're kind of just like us, but everything's slightly different yeah and so um sort of sharpening your observation skills in those kinds of environments yeah is very very helpful i love traveling traveling um i traveled a lot as a young kid and it's it probably helped me understand the world a lot better it made me realize how small my problems were as a child yeah yeah. and it just it gives you a whole understanding i think if if anything i think if anything that would really help this world is if everybody was like you know mandatory travel time you know (laughs) just because you would be able to see like you know incredibly impoverished people you would you'd gain and understand empathy and all that kind of stuff you know like and then at the same time you'd see you know great amazing cultures and differences and complex complexities and stuff because yeah it's if you're open to it and responding to it, you can have an amazing time when you travel. And it sounds like for you, you do worldwide travel, which is so wicked. Yeah, it's awesome. yeah. It's really cool, but it's, you know, like if anybody's listening, this is self-propelled. Like, and by that, I mean, you've, you're the one that's, you're making the destiny to do this, right? Like you are the one that's making the books and then you're the one that yep. started the, the publishing program and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's a ton of work, ton of work. It is a ton of work, but you can, <laughs> you know, if you're passionate about it and you love it and you, and you're have, you know, if you're determined enough, you can go out and create those things for yourself. So, yeah, you know, the publishing company is 10 years old this March. Oh, um, congratulations, man. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks. It's so and, cool, man. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's, it's been a lot of work, but it's also sort of labor of love kind of thing. Yeah, um, naturally. I don't, I want to talk to you a bit about that too, because I'm in, I'm very much interested in public publishing and stuff and, and oh sure I'm happy to like help that. that'd be awesome but uh yeah I mean I mean it was cool like even um 
just to get a little bit more of understanding about you and your path. And we had a good little chat at Comic-Con and, and I hadn't met you yep. a couple years prior. Um, but it was really good getting a nice solid chat with you. But I did a little bit more research and watched a couple more interviews. And it was really cool to find out that your dad actually started teaching you, right? How to draw. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, my so dad, cool. uh, he went to Art Center. That's great. Um, yeah. That's where I went to school. And in Pasadena. He, yep, in okay. Pasadena. Cool. Art Center College of Design. He was an illustration uh, major and um, I was industrial designer. But yeah, he originally taught me how to draw and he used to teach as well. So I guess now I'm sort of, you know, you extending the, the family the <laughs> education. I mean, really, education's been, if you look at my resume and what I've done for the last 23 years, it's been primarily education. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Well, it probably comes I, from your dad, though, right? I would say. Yeah, like I think it, yeah. originally. Yeah. yeah. Originally, I just have I have a love for teaching and yeah. sharing and sharing ideas, and that's also where the publishing company came out of that as well. Yeah, so. it's very similar kind of like tendrils, basically. Yeah. Yep. Which is really cool. Like I grew up in an artistic family as well. My mom is wicked talented, and she actually taught me how to, to draw. And I always wanted to go to art center. I actually would go on the weekends. I I had a teacher that taught at my uh, community college, and he taught there on the weekends, and so I'd go up there. And uh, it was awesome. It was it was such a cool experience because the art, um, the level of craftsmanship and the level oh, of artistry yeah. was just fucking epic, man. <laughs> and it was so yeah. inspiring for me. I couldn't afford it um, at the time. Um, that but, student gallery is, you know, is the hook. Like anybody yeah. student that visits that school <laughs> and goes to the campus and they walk into that student gallery and there's like, oh, yes, you know, it's, it's just the what there if. is something for everybody because all the departments are represented yes. and it's all student work. And yeah. you're like, oh, shit, look at this work. This is what I want to <laughs> be doing. Yeah. yeah, it's very inspiring because it, it makes you realize like, OK, you know, it, it quickly goes, okay, A plus B equals blah, blah, blah. You know, like the, if I st if I go here, then I'm going to be this good. But yes. uh, we can talk about that too, because that doesn't always mean, mean that, you know, there's, um, because I was actually really considering teaching and I probably will later on eventually, but um, it'd be, it's, it's interesting that, that I think a lot of students, um, I'm sure you know the difference because um, I've sure, I'm, you've taught plenty of students and then i'm sure the ones that really are great stuck with it and the ones that didn't you know like what to you makes like a really great like student and teacher like you know like your guys dynamic but what kind of makes yeah the, there's lots I, of things i think but you know yeah i think i think the the two most important things uh probably first is curiosity yeah so you know the curiosity in the individual and that they want to learn like they want to know they want to acquire knowledge um, not only knowledge, but also skills. And so then having the discipline and the determination to work hard enough to develop those skills um, are kind of those two combinations. If you give me somebody who's, you know, very, very curious and has a great work ethic, they go, those types of students go a long, long way. Yeah, I, I agree. That's the two. Those are the two things. If you're curious and, and passionate and work, you, yep. know, you got your work ethic. Yeah, because, yeah, everything else just kind of comes together i've noticed that from friends or just people that i've i've, I've um, been made acquaintance with and stuff that the ones that aren't don't like the ones that are it's, it's a bummer some of them have great curiosity but shit worth that work ethic yes and so they're just they're only half the equation but for those of you that are listening and if you're only half the equation you should really start to consider what you can do to make yourself more you know well-rounded because if you're curious and you have a work ethic is great sometimes even like um 
like a great work ethic can get you like completely far you know so but the two those two things that's cool that you said that because i couldn't agree more you know if i had students that would be exactly what i would love to have out of them is immense yeah. curiosity yeah. open mind and crazy work ethic because yeah. yeah and then you know the the if you and then the last equation that really seems to propel the students to the highest level is um their openness so meaning um you know they're not stubborn they're yeah. not set in their ways yet so they're they're willing to uh to trust you to experiment and to try things even yeah. though it's going to be hard work they're willing to to trust you enough to say okay yeah i'm going to try that um and give it my all and um you know the the ones that do that, the ones that are stubborn and sort of think that they already have established a, a workflow or a pipeline or some way of seeing the world even though they're only 20 years old um that you know that can't that is correct and cannot bend, right? Because it's because there is no right or wrong. A lot of times, it's so subjective. So there never is. Be, yeah, that's what makes it beautiful. Be, <laughs> yeah, you have to be open to all those things. Yeah. And so I think that last that last little magic element are the ones that students have a very open mind. Um, you know, so they get interested, they want to work hard, but then they're not opposed to uh, taking a new idea, even though it might be something they've never thought of or tried before, and. Um, you know, run with it for, you know, weeks or months to try and add a new skill set. Yeah, yeah, that's a great one to really think about because, yeah, the open-mindedness. I've had a couple situations with the, my interactions with teachers and stuff, and even the, the, the one I really always remember is the one with uh, my, my, my old teacher, Chris Polentz, who worked at our center, and he... Uh, he would like uh, before I can trust anybody. He was like, "Well, let me just paint on your painting." I'm like, "No, no, don't paint on painting." <laughs> and I had like an issue with that. But then um, once I relinquished like control and just like, like, you know, what do I know, you know? And once I let those that thing down, um, a floodgate of information and, and things, yep. you know, accessibility, which is key and important for all of us at any time and stage of of the creative process as we develop in our careers i think it's vital to always keep ourselves open-minded and, and open to new ways of doing things i think as a person in general if you start to close those doors you might as well just stop because it's it's unhealthy you know to it's atrophy of your mind basically when you disconnect you know yeah it's it's about having a certain level of humility about your work you know yeah, and, and yeah. modesty and, and thinking not and realizing that it's what you're doing is not the center of the universe you know and <laughs> yeah um and there are a hundred other ways and there's uh you know billion people that have never even heard of you and so it, it, it the world is much bigger than than i think a lot of artists and designers really ever think it is yeah and um, and again that ties back to travel um by going out and traveling and seeing entire you know economies and things that are thriving without any uh say even without any western influence um it's great so that's that you keep that going <laughs> yeah yeah because yeah it's going. i'm sure it's the western influence sure. is, is is massive across the world I'm it, sure i mean it, it is it is it's pretty hard to find a place that doesn't have it but like a mcdonald's um, yeah well not even that not 7-11 like, no, i'm joking i'm just thinking like the the type of architecture and building and commerce and um like large macroeconomics that are happening um that that are not really you know wouldn't appear outwardly to be driven by the west that's cool so, you seen that what in like china and stuff or yeah in china bit, little, and, little pockets um, and stuff yeah and you know what I, I saw it actually the most in this city that we went to on the taiwan um, lecture tour that we just did mm -hmm. 
it was myself and four other speakers and it was through my own brand and we organized it all and we went uh we did three cities we did three days of workshops in each city wow so we did nine days in a row and it was in taiwan and when you think taiwan and you're in the west and even on the west coast here it's not that far away really um, but you always think um taipei and Taipei has the longest running culture, you know, of the arts, etc. Yeah. But then you get down to the south end of the island and there's this city called Kaohsiung and Kaohsiung is, you know, 2.7 million people and it used to be the manufacturing center for Taiwan and now they're really interested in design, um, you know, and culture and so they're really pushing design and they're building these fantastic modern um, buildings that are, you know, I think a lot of them actually have uh, several have Western, a lot of European designers or architects, but the buildings, it's just, it's going crazy. And wow. I, and there are like six or eight of these crazy abstract modern buildings all going up at the same time. And I can't even think of a spot in the U S that's so centralized that has that amount of building happening. Awesome. Um, so, you know, it's weird. Like you've never heard of this city in the West, Kaohsiung, Taiwan. It's like what I've never heard of that, and you, but you go there, and it's just it's outrageous. The facilities and the buildings that the government's behind, and the the level of sort of creativity that they're trying to foster. Yeah, and you know, still not even on the radar here. That's cool. So that was that was the biggest surprise, I think. That's cool, and it's it sounds like China as a country is really on the verge of like an enormous amount of growth. Oh yeah, China's China's going crazy. Like Shanghai is, you know, that's the most populous city in the world right now. And yeah. uh, if you ever want your own city to feel small, just take a <laughs> just take a trip to Shanghai because yeah. you know, I live in LA, which is really not considered a small city, but now it feels like a suburb of of Shanghai to wow. me. Wow. It, it feels it feels tiny. Wow. It really does. Cuz LA is is uh, like this it's a big sprawl. That's what it feels like. Crazy amount of suburbs and like yeah. This is very much like it's not centralized. Like I love San Francisco, like the structure of San Francisco because oh, me it's very too. centralized. I, it's a little island. It's like Disneyland uh, or something. <laughs> I love it here. I mean, yeah. I love it here. In fact, I'm looking at it right now. So, so cool. We're on the 28th floor. Ah, so oh, there you go. That's it's, awesome. It's pretty cool view. <laughs> yeah, that's a great. That's a great place to be in that city. Actually, yeah, yeah. That's it's, and I like that design. But I, I've never been to. Um, I've never been to China or Shanghai or nothing. I gotta get. Oh, yeah, I gotta get Because I mean, Shanghai, you. You would think, oh, Western, so you know, advanced technologically, or even Europe. But listen, you get to Shanghai, and there's a there's a bullet, you know, what is it, the maglev bullet train? Oh yeah. That, go, that goes 413 kilometers per hour. Jeez. And oh you're my like, goodness. Where am I? And you know, <laughs> and then you'd be like, say you say you're from Shanghai and you go to Los Angeles, and you're like, well, where's your maglev bullet train that goes from the airport to downtown? Yeah, where's well, that what, at? You don't have one. Oh, and your light rail stops a mile away from the airport? Where am I? Yeah, what kind Third of setup is this? am I in? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's so, cool. Good for them. Good for them. That's It's, it's... so bizarre. And yeah. other things, of course, are totally backwards, but, you know. Yeah, uh, naturally. On, on things they can build and, and quickly implement infrastructure around, I've got to say it's it's pretty mind-blowing. That's cool. That's cool to hear. I, I really, um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way to get over there. So I'll probably be, I'll probably do the same thing you're doing, some kind of self-propelled way of getting over there somehow. So. Well, maybe I'll get you over there to teach a workshop next year. Dude, if I'm, if, if I get a somewhat good. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. I'd love to. ZBrush and Moto are next up on the plate for me. So let well, me. Well, we could do, we could do a whole UI thing. I mean, we can. Oh um, yeah, there we go. Yeah, I'm yeah. very connected to the graphic design world there as well. So. 
There we go. Yeah, that'd be amazing. So let's do that. That sounds phenomenal. Yeah, I'm I'm actually heading out to Berlin to work on uh, some stuff with Audi, the car company. So that's going to be really fun. So we're doing that for a week or so. But it's it's really cool to be able to travel. Um, yeah. And to experience working with other people. And I've never been to Europe yet, so I'm really exciting. But I'm excited about all this because, like you, like you were saying, it's just it helps you and your palate and how you consume things and how you perceive the world around you it just makes you that much more keen to things i think you know yeah it's a different kind of experience traveling for a workshop than just traveling for pleasure <laughs> oh yeah as a tourist because what happens <laughs> with a workshop is you get all these like-minded individuals yeah you know from a different culture but you all are interested in the same thing so the the dynamics and the discussions that go on during the breaks and things like that um really give you a lot of insight uh, much more than if you tried to just visit that city as a tourist definitely yeah because like you're saying because of the like-minded people and everything like yep. the the um kind of like what you guys magnetize towards and stuff in that that workshop was that with neville and everybody else yeah well? yeah uh, cool. neville and uh sparth out okay, of seattle sparth, yeah. and okay. then um uh then Faye shu from here she's a uh she does characters and animation and then another uh woman who uh yuriko ito who was worked on for dreamworks for quite a while so it's quite a diverse crowd yeah yeah definitely different giving everybody a different like kind of perception of things yep that's cool you've known neville for a long time right yeah yeah we've been best friends since 1987 wow that's a long time 26 years and he's grown and developed quite a bit as well too huh oh yeah yeah considerably yeah (laughs) that uh, must be really cool because you guys both went to our center right yep yep we both started there in uh january 87 wow so and then we quickly became best friends and shared an apartment there and then we opened a design office in san francisco right after graduation yeah i wanted Uh, to talk about that too because like for most people i think they they um this is it's about a mindset here i want people to pay attention to this because like this is something i'm i'm really keen to with what your path is it's like for the most part people will uh from my understanding um is that they'll work their ass off and build an amazing portfolio in hopes of like getting the attention or getting hired from a company and you're just like, yeah, fuck it. I'm just going to go make a company. And I, yeah. I'm like, you know what? That, that's wicked. You know, like, that's off to you. That's that's really what this is all about, I think. You know, like, I mean, cheers to anybody that can go and get a job at Pixar or, you know, DreamWorks. It's, I think it's just as hard in certain ways, obviously. But it, it's, um, you know, to, to lead your own path and create your own destiny and stuff, it, it comes with a, an enormous amount of risk. Yes, it does. Yeah. But, but you know. The reward. What, yeah (laughs) so good yeah no it has a lot of reward and yeah the challenge you know when we started uh we had a couple of clients up here in the bay area that we were doing freelance work for because we'd both done internships up in this area yeah so we weren't leaving with you know without a couple clients we already had a couple we you know had established in school yeah and look you guys uh, working in school already at art center which is considered to be like one of the (laughs) hardest schools like literally like what what's an average day for a student like 14 15 hour day then like five hours of homework so four hours five hours of sleep yeah it was about four or five hours of sleep you you would almost always pull at least one all-nighter every week yeah okay that's it and that's how you guys get so good i realized it was all about the numbers you guys put that ten thousand hours in so by the time you guys graduated you're like okay i put ten thousand hours and now i'm ready to actually work yep yeah no it's true and then when you get out the rest of your i gotta say the rest of your professional career is much easier than art center 
Yeah, yeah I've know, heard that too. And, and it's by design. It's so that when you get out in the professional world, you can be working at sort of your half capacity yeah. and still be excelling beyond sort of the normal uh, output. And so <laughs> it makes it easy to become, you know, to, to sort of get up to the, the highest professional level. Yeah, and, and represent your school and where you're from. And, and actually, you know, like the schooling is so expensive and it's it's obviously ch it's changed a ton now from what yeah, I've heard. Yeah. We don't it have to talk about that. I don't know yeah, if, you, thank you. if you don't want to get in trouble for what you <laughs> yeah. think, you, you know, but um, but, you know, it's 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 obviously from what I understand, it's become a more of a money driven business thing. But um, before it was more like it was it cost that much because, like you said, you guys pushed the student so hard and you yourself as a student got pushed so hard that so when you left you were ready to take on the biggest jobs and you could work at like half capacity because the level of of um because you're like in a, a hive right there's all these other artists and you're constantly competing and like in good nature hopefully against one another to try and make the better thing obviously and uh and learn and grow and, and adapt and react and stuff and some amazing artists have come from the art center and stuff so but like everything, it has its time. Everything has its shelf life, it seems, you know? So and when, yeah. things, when things change and adjust, sometimes they don't always go towards the initial understanding of what the, the original purpose was. But hey, that's life, I guess, you know? So. Yeah. You know, when Neville and I, when we started our, our studio up here and we had left Art Center, we said, well, we had gone out and uh, through a friend of Neville's mother, we had raised a little bit of capital. So we wrote a business plan with the help of one of our instructors in our business class at Art Center. We wrote a business plan. We went out, raised a little capital. So basically got a little line of credit, which allowed us to get some equipment and some computers and that sort of thing and set up our office up here. But, you know, we thought, well, you know, we kind of want to give it a go on our own. And if yeah. we fail, we're right back to where we started, right? We still have our same portfolios, except we'll have more wisdom through going through the life experience yeah and so we decided well why not just give it a shot for a year and see if we just make a go of it and make our own put up you know put together our own consulting firm and with the idea that if we fail so what we get great life experience we'll be right back to where we started we're just a year later because we weren't worried about getting a job at a company yeah um, that was kind of our fallback position um so <laughs> but neither of us That's really cool. wanted that job yeah so we just kind of want to go out and do it ourselves. He has wanted freedom. I think you probably, especially, I'm um, just guessing, I'm, I'm, um, but it, like having the two of you propelling that kind of mantra or that kind of thinking style, basically, like we can just do it on our own, you know, having that, having a friend there too, I'm sure helps significantly as well. Oh yeah. You have a fail. You have, you have a person to be like, well, I'm not feeling so strong about this. And that person's like, fuck yeah let's do it you know yeah. like that that and that's what that's that's really cool that dynamic i'm sure is great and, well and we had a little you know advisory board to help us with sort of the voice of reason yeah so amazing i knew how to start businesses so that was helpful as well yeah so. that's great and you it seems like you're really keen on utilizing everything that you can from your experiences as well you know that's it's a key thing i think that if you don't if you're not like a I think a friend of mine sent me a quote. Um, it was an amazing quote. I can't really remember it properly, but it was from one of the game designers of Metal Gear Solid, I believe. But he said that uh, like a normal person will, will won't, won't be able to even see an opportunity and wouldn't even know what to do with it. Like a medium range person would be able to see the opportunity but wouldn't know what to do with it. But a really high range person would be able to see the opportunity and get the most out of the opportunity. And I think 
you're definitely fitting in the upper echelon of that because I feel that you have the ability to see the opportunity and make the best out of it. And that's a really special thing to have, which makes it unique because like, if obviously you know you've been able to travel around the world because a lot of times people lack that kind of like understanding within themselves, you know, like mm. that, you know, that level within yourself basically. And it's, I think it comes from a culmination of a lot of things. Like you said, maybe it comes from your childhood or, you know, like you come from humble beginnings and you want to make sure that you can provide or yeah. what have you, those insecurities and stuff. Is there something that you kind of think that kind of connects you with that kind of an attribute or something like personality wise? Well, I, I love, I, I mean, I love designing creativity. Yeah. Um, but I'm not so much a perfectionist on, on that at that level. Let's say like a somebody like a Daniel Simon, who's very much a perfectionist. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. When it comes to that sort of it, sort of design things, that's not my entire life because I also sort of equally like business. Um, not that I like to. I only like it conceptually at okay. a very high level because I'm not a I'm not a straightforward like spreadsheets kind of person. Yeah. But I like the the creative business ideas um, and opportunities, and so. I think you sort of put those two things together. I love design first and foremost and photography and painting and drawing and all of that, but how that connects and supports um, industry because I'm an industrial designer. I like, I like that blend, um, you know, of, of how those, how design can support industry and create basically infrastructure for uh, a livelihood for lots and lots of people. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's really Design Studio Press now is really more for my employees than myself. It's it provides good jobs for them, um, and there's not really a lot left over beyond that. So it's not like it's a, an amazing you know profit center for me at all. It's more sort of labor of love, but it's it's established and made this great thing for the fans of the books, the authors who get paid the royalties, and then my employees who get paid you know to do the work. So that's really um, great of you, though. I mean, that's cool. It, you know? It's super fun, um, <laughs> and I've always chosen sort of creativity and freedom above money. That's um, good. Which, at the end of the day, I just think it's so much more fun. Yeah. Because, you know, the high-paying jobs that are really, really stressful and a hassle, and um, you know, the money only lasts a couple of weeks. You're only excited, not that you spend it that fast, but that the if you take a job for money, the creativity you know you can only last a couple of weeks before now it becomes just a job and a chore yep. and then your creative uh, energy goes away entirely yep. and so now you're now you're not productive anymore because you you can't create because you really don't like the job you just took it for the money yeah and that's just the absolute worst scenario to be in um, <laughs> it is for, for creativity and yeah. so you know i've always thought that teaching was something that always kept me very youthful and and uh, energetic because i was always around younger individuals that had you know totally open ideas for the most part and they keep you inspired and yeah. um, and so trying to then do the same for other people to inspire them you know that's kind of where my youtube channel thing has come from lately yeah i love it it's so cool man i mean because it's like you're that's a really smart way to look at it because yeah if you're if you're focused on the dollars and the money and stuff like you know and all in all we don't really take that much to to make the world go around for you know within our world you know like yeah. if you and if you just make enough to pay your bills and you know keep things afloat 
then the rest of it like i've been really trying to focus on that like okay i'm just gonna make enough to pay the bills and the rest of it goes to like sabbaticals time with my family time with people i love yeah and in time just just to draw you know just to be creative again you know like yes it, dude i mean it's so uh it's such a revelation you know like it's such a beautiful thing when you really focus in on um what those things bring bring and give you and and for you as a teacher I'm sure, especially at the level of like art center where you have these amazing talents from across the world coming to, you know, paying high dollar to learn. And then you get, you know, you get, you constantly get new students and you get these new waves of energy. And um, yeah, I can't imagine a better scenario for like really wanting to be progressive and, and you being the type of personality that it seems that you are, that you're able to really capitalize on that experience and make the most of those, you know, that environment because like even with like how you said you don't teach at our center now but you doing you're doing like the youtube videos and that's kind of like a, an extension i imagine right something yeah like that. yeah so because i i taught at our center for 15 years yeah damn. and re resigned a few years ago um and you know the youtube channel you know i'd always i'd always done tutorials because one because the teaching but then also with the Noman dvds for a long time so i, I was co-producer of their 2d library for several years okay um and then i did nine of my own dvds for them yeah i have one which, of those I'm looking yeah, at it which right i now. enjoyed but um <laughs> that is a business model is really tough and managing that you know being one of the co-producers with alex was really time consuming yeah and so I didn't really enjoy the, the administrative side of co-producing that sort of stuff. It was fun to hang out with the artists and put together those pieces. But the, unfortunately, that business model, um, because the piracy is sort of dead, um, you know, compared to what it used to be. Um, yeah, so piracy yeah. has kind of killed that. Mm -hmm. And so I've always, you know, the last several years since leaving Art Center, I've been kicking around. What am I going to do with all, you know, these classes I taught for 15 years? Because um, I developed the curriculum myself um, in those classes. It wasn't handed to me. Here's your, here's your uh, playbook and go. <laughs> this is what you're going to teach. It wasn't like that. It's like that's it, cool though. Yeah. We developed the curriculum, you know, came up with a curriculum, experimented, modified, and over 15 years, sort of refined it to a high level. But I have all that knowledge, and it's like, what am I going to do with all that? You know. So, of course, I own a publishing company, so I should put it into books. Yeah. So that's that's a given. So that is happening slowly. Um, but the first book being how to draw. Next will be how to render and then how to design will be the last. The three edition. And you're going to have yeah. like, those are actually going to be like textbook kind of stuff. Yeah, they're very textbook. Wow. Yeah, they're they're like hardcore, um, you know, exercises, step by steps. Um, circles. But, 400 yeah. circles a day. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. And, um, <laughs> I remember you said that in your DVD. You're like, just draw circles. I'm like, oh, I don't want to draw circles. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> but you're like, right, though. You're absolutely sharpening right. Sharpening the sword. Dude. Yeah, exactly. Sharpening the sword. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So those are going to happen. But the, the real dilemma on the business side has been trying to figure out the whole digital side. Mm, yeah. Because of, you know, basically today's you know, kids and youth that are interested in this sort of subject matter, they all think that, you know, digital content is for free. Yeah, it's interesting, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's totally interesting. So I've been kind of trying to figure out how do you create a business because it does take time and in turn takes money Yeah. Um, because you got to pay for your rent and your equipment and your overhead and that sort of stuff yeah. to give you the time to record those tutorials. So how are you going to do that? Um, so how do you create a business plan that allows you to survive or thrive in that scenario where people feel that they shouldn't have to pay for anything that's digital. Yeah. And 
So that's been kind of the dilemma. And of course you can do an app, um, but even then that can be pirated with a little bit more work. Um, yeah. But doing the app is easy to say, but not so easy to do because we're still working on ours. Um, and, you know, so it's just, you can do the music model, right? The music model is give away all your stuff for free in hopes of building an audience so that you can tour and make your you know, income through doing the live events. Yeah, that's what the music industry has had to turn towards. Yeah, yeah, a lot of artists now. That's what that's their model. Is yeah. you know anything new we do, we're going to put out the songs for free, um, and then we hope we can track where the audience is, and then we go play a gig there, and that's really you know where we make our money, and we sell T-shirts at the show, and so there's that kind of idea that um, you give away you know bits to sell atoms, which yeah. is give away your digital in order to sell something physical. So I'm fortunate that I have the, the uh, publishing company and I have a lot of books now. So I'm hoping that on the, the sort of YouTube channel side that I'm willing to give it away, uh, the digital stuff, hopefully build an audience. And then in turn, those people will sort of get the general business idea that, oh, if I want more of these tutorials, you know, I need to get stuff Scott some time. And I, yeah. can, do that. I can do that by buying a $20 book on Amazon. Yeah, and also I think like even um, for me at least, maybe I'm because I'm old school. I'm only 30 years old, but I feel that like I love hold, I love owning books because the physical tangibility of owning the book is is just you can't really. Um, I mean, I have books on that are digital, but it's like, eh, you know, yeah. it's so much better to just hold it and flip through it and look at it. That maybe that's just the world I come from, but yeah, that business model is interesting, and I've been really trying to wrap my head around it and hit my head against the wall because I'm trying to figure out the same kind of destination as well, like figuring out a way of doing something where I provide a service, but at the same time able to um, still support my living and my family, but you know, support it in the way that. You know, it's it, it, it works out. If you're making a textbook, then maybe you would be able to do like something with like a school system or something like that. I know that's a lot, a lot well, of like you know mathematicians and all those kind of guys. It becomes yeah. kind of a monopoly and unhealthy, obviously. But what you um, hope for is that, um, but the textbook that it gets reordered each year, the, the class is taught. And if yeah. it's a subject that doesn't go out of, you know, I'm not teaching like some uh, software version 3.0 yeah. that's going to be obsolete when 4.0 comes out. This is like old school stuff, you know, that's... Um, it's original draw- stuff, yeah. Yeah, drawing, drawing and perspective uh, just hasn't changed. And so um, the fact that it has, hopefully has longevity because the work, the, the book's taken a lot of hours to complete. Yeah. Um, You've been so, working a couple of years now? Yeah, well, you know, all the demos and the really the, the thinking that went into the coursework has really been over the last 18 years. Wow. And, and um, pretty hard at it for the last year. Wow. Um, but now it's all done and at the press, which is great. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you, thank That's you. Awesome. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a challenge. I mean, it, ideally, you know, you could take all the digital things like that are on my YouTube channel and I could put them into an iPad app. Um, but... You know, I mean, I, I think the reason I just started doing them for free every Friday is I just got tired of trying to figure out the business model. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I really just love sharing this stuff. Sure. And, and I'm like, you know what? Screw the business. I'm just tired of it. Trying to yeah. figure it out. I'm just going to float it out there and just hope that something good comes of it. It does. People, you know, people, I think, you know, I think you understand it probably as well. And whether you believe in like, you know, quote unquote karma or whatever it is, you do something good, you know, usually for the most part, it comes back. 
whether it's you know people's appreciation or what or just your exposure you're getting exposed to people that you might not have been you know so the i think when you close yourself off to certain things the opportunities and expressing things yeah but the it's great it's interesting to also notice like you're you're giving out basically like if people are like if, if you're a student and you don't have the money to go to art center literally like you're getting to learn from one of the best from art center <laughs> you know and he's giving it out for like in little pieces um for free and you can take with it you know you can take it for what it's worth you know you can get his book as well and then you you know follow along with it and, and you get you know even more yeah but if, you know that's that's the thing though it's like you lead a horse to water but it has to drink or whatever that kind of saying it's like you know it's up to people you know i didn't i couldn't afford an art center call like uh, education but i put myself through going to work at some of the craziest studios that had all the art center students so i worked with them without having to pay the education and like right. and, I, and i got it firsthand it was incredibly intense but that's how i that's how i made my way basically but yeah if there's a will there's a way you know you totally and you know what I, it's interesting because there's so many artists that i have exposure to a lot of artists through a publishing company and they all are so afraid to put their work online or worried about what what resolution should we put it up or you know well what are people gonna steal it and i was like you know what are they gonna do with it i yeah. mean po poster sales are dead so yeah they're dead like, yeah exactly so nobody's gonna go like print it if it's even high res and put it on a and sell a poster of it yeah um they're not going to try to put it they're going to maybe they are stupid enough to try and put it in their own portfolio and so what out they go out and they get a job with showing some of your work what happens day one when they actually have to produce something similar exactly. and they can't they can't do it so eventually they get found out so yep. at the end what is there to worry about really there is really nothing you know like like people will steal people are going to steal and, and totally and quote unquote steal whatever it is you know like intellectual property and all that stuff it's a big debate and it's an interesting one you know like i've had i've had i've heard many things where like my work's been used to win jobs or something like that where i, I didn't even know about it or even hear about it until after and i i think i if anything i go hey dude my bills are getting paid good for them you know like you know like if, if I'm sitting here starving and I don't have jobs, I'll be maybe upset about that. But like, you know, I have plenty of, of work, you know, like, and if I don't, I'll just go make it, you know, like. And, exactly. Yeah. And so, I think it's a proactive way of looking at it, you know, like the glass is either half empty or half full. I think it's your, it's your opinion and how do you, how do you perceive it, you know? So yeah, there's I mean, definitely niches, there's definitely markets and there's ways of creating markets as well, which is really interesting as well. You know, there's. There's quite a bit of really amazing um, markets being created now that are really interesting that I feel are thriving. They'll ha they'll hit their peak and they'll fall as usual as most stuff does, but it's 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 there. It's cre it's 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 about it's a matter of creating something that people you know must have. You know, like I I, I just recently um, watched rewatched a, a documentary on Todd McFarlane who created Spawn. Yeah. And I find that guy so fascinating because he he made millions of dollars making comic books basically and you know, earned his way all the way up and was doing Spider-Man, then quit Spider-Man to make his own comic, and then he blew up, you know, and then he made a toy line, then movies and film and all that stuff. It was just, if there's a will, there's a way, basically, you know, like, it's it's all about how hard and how much you want it and how hard you're willing to hustle. If you're if you're worried about, like, releasing an image on the internet, like, maybe you're not ready. You got to let that shit go and just push for it, you know, so. Yeah, because if it's your only image, you're in trouble, you know, so. Oh, you're in huge trouble, yeah, yeah. yeah. You need to just be fucking breathe you need to be bleeding that stuff every day you know? exactly yeah and i think you get that incredibly you get that as well i'm you you draw you're kind of you, you met i think you're similar to me like even in you're not drawing even when you're on vacation you might be thinking about it a little bit and even if you're not thinking about it you'll st like every day there's some kind of thought that comes up about it you know you look at a 
you'll look at a car passing by and admire like the way the light looks and then you'll start thinking of like oh this and that and that's at least how i am like my oh yeah it, it never it never, it never, never leaves. turns off yeah. it's a, it's it's kind of a curse <laughs> and i feel bad for anybody that's around me when i'm like that because it's just i i'm not really a person sometimes i'm just like yeah, yeah. It's, it's tough it's tough sometimes for the people <laughs> around us but um it's yeah. still super fun and <laughs> you know at least we're always being creative as opposed to being destructive oh so, yeah 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 of course yeah um, th thankful for that right yeah exactly and that's why i wish that's why i wish more people did it because if they spent time doing creative endeavors they wouldn't have time to destroy anything yeah 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 that's true i think i think being creative and, and fulfilling your own self like every day and, and and going to the end of yourself every day and earning your day is is a is a real key thing to um harmony i think in an interesting way you know i feel you know like when i don't get a chance to work i don't know if you're like that but if i don't get a chance to really work a really strong day like i feel like I just don't feel worthy. <laughs> yeah, it's, those are frustrating days, and I get a lot of those distracting days. The, I imagine more, because you're running business. The more and more diversified I get, so yeah, it's yeah, a challenge. Yeah, we should we should talk a little bit about like how you've been able to manage your flow because you you own many businesses and you you know you, you're busy talking to, with me. <laughs> yeah. And then you gotta go spend time with your wife, obviously. And oh, I get to talk to you on my vacation. So there you go. That's how, I, that's how I fit that in. What a gem, um, dude! What a gem. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. So, you know, that that time, you know, okay, so first off, it's really, I would say it's really easy for me because one, um, I don't have kids. So okay. I That's... know everybody that does have kids, you know, they have much less time than I do. Yeah, it's incredibly um, hard. I have a great niece and nephew and that they take up, but they not that much of my time, obviously. And um, then I, I surround myself with great people. So um, smart because of the people that, you know, uh, work with me and on so especially on design studio press side now i really get to be just on the creative side of design studio press um, so on the editorial of picking like what books should we do for the future um, how should those books be designed and formatted and then of course working on my own books so that's kind of at a point now where i can i can really after 10 years start to just get back to doing the creative content and let design studio press kind of run itself um, but only because they're fantastic people there uh, so that really helps. And then I partner a lot with people um, because I'm, I really do believe that um, in giving up uh, um, not, you know, not all of the profit sharing, but enough to make it uh, viable to have partners because um, sort of guarding it and saying, oh, I got to have this got to be all mine, mine, mine. Right. Uh, you <laughs> get 100 percent. Much harder. Yeah. Because then and then you never get anything done and you get 100 percent of zero. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so. I'd much rather get half of something and be able to do five different things and have partners on all those five different ventures Yeah. and then be a part of a team again with the idea of surrounding yourself with good people and partnering with good people that have skill sets that complement your own Yeah. that are better than your own in certain areas that where you're weak. Um, that's a great, that's a great one. Yeah. And, and so I try to find those partners that have skill sets that are additive um, and not redundant and then profit share and partner with those people and then sort of do joint ventures. So awesome. uh, my Asian workshops, I have a partner out of Australia. So he and I have partnered together to do those. And um, so we'll do it again next year. We'll go back to Taiwan. I think we're looking March or April next year. Wicked. And then we'll probably overlap that with back-to-back. Um, -back. We'll go from there to Shanghai probably. And then he wants to do one in Australia. 
so that's kind of one thing that's happening but it's happening really because i have help um and then i can help on the creative content stuff of course but and then my contacts with all the authors to try and get a great speaker lineup for those kind of shows and then of course dsp has several people um, i'm also partnered with um, blacklight uh, blacklight is um, a production company in uh, la okay so on movies um so for instance with a book uh, alien race mm-hmm. alien race um is has a development deal uh, or i guess i have a development deal with uh, imagine with ron howard and grazer's company and then blacklight used to have a first look deal with them and they've since left but that is one project that's with you know imagine and blacklight and slowly getting developed great but then through them it's also partnered with uh, a video game company out of austin called panic button and so we're developing a video game at the same time (laughs) and so that's happening on the side but it's happening not with my time primarily with other people's time yeah and it's by profit sharing and giving those people a, a part of that franchise um, that would go nowhere if it had to be just left to myself. Yeah, exactly. You, you wouldn't be able to get that far, you know? Like, you no. could probably get, but you have to relinquish. What you're basically saying is you got to share and re- relinquish power at certain levels if you want to be, like, you know, as busy as you. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because you're, have, yeah. Yeah, if you want to be doing, <laughs> I like to do high level creative things. And so I'm not so, you know, focused and detail oriented that I have to have full control of the entire thing at all yeah I'd rather see the idea go somewhere yeah well there's different there's different levels and reasons for that I mean even totally. like a good example of that I think is um the skillful huntsman is that the, that's yeah. the book yeah. yeah I love that book that was one of the books that really uh, was a definitive book for me when I was deciding to really get into film and concept art because prior to this I'd just done kind of the design and stuff and I really wanted to draw again, and that book was a definitive thing. But I—that was a prime example. Like you were the student, or you're the teacher, and then you had three yeah. students yep, make exactly. the book, and, and you figured out like and the, there's a three amazingly talented students, and I think yeah. they're all. I think well, I've I've met one of them in person. He's doing um, Hawken, the video game. Yeah, yeah, Kang. You know, yeah, and Kang it's funny. rules. Yeah, yep. Kang's awesome. Yeah, and we're gonna be doing the art of book for the for Hawken. Can't actually. wait to see that, man. Yeah. I mean, all the stuff that I've seen involved with the game and helped them with some UI design stuff. It was so cool. Like you're gonna have, you're gonna have some of your stuff's gonna be in the book. Oh, that's awesome! Wicked. Yes. <laughs> well, that's so cool, man. Like that, for me, it's like as as it's just it really freaks me out and nerds me out because that's like, I mean that that book is so weathered and so torn up. Like, because that's why I like to use my books. I like to just go through them constantly. But I probably went through that book, no joke, like 50 times and reread read through it, you know, because I didn't have Art Center. So I wanted yep, to, yep. to get the Art Center experience. So I actually did my own Skillful Huntsman and all that stuff. I actually followed yep. it a long time ago. And that's a prime example, I think, of what you're saying is that um, instead of going like, I'm just going to make my own book and have all the control, I'm going to be like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to showcase these amazing students help them yes. on their career yeah. and then also put it in my, a book that's part of my publishing company it's like a win-win-win you know it's no, it, it was and you know and we profit share with art center on that as well into the scholarship fund that's for so students cool. that want to go to art center and i pay royalties to the three students still because the book is still it's in it's like fourth printing now that's awesome man that's so cool i mean if <laughs> this is such a really great like more people need to be have that kind of mentality and it's really it's good for me as well because i i tend to want to have like extreme control and 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 to a point that's good i think i think um you might have i don't know if you've always been like this where you relinquish control um it's a balance you know it is i think 
I think to get the work done to a high level, it does require that level of, of you know, sort of ownership or championing a project through. Yes. Um, and you do have to own it to a, certain parts of it. It's the right parts that you need to own. Yeah. Um, where you where you're strongest is when you really need to, to push it. Correct. I feel you know, but correct. then when you're when when it's not your skill set or your strength, then it's 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 in time to really let other people come in and help. Yes. Yeah. The best team is a a team of opposites. I feel that are we're able to communicate. Uh, usually, I, there's been studies and stuff, and I I just recently had this amazing experience in Colorado, but they kind of broke down like the human um, condition, the cycle of how we um, learn within a group setting, and they said usually it's a, a group of four people with um, complete different roles, but they all will work in unison. It basically makes like four people make one person and the way that that all like each person um, kind of helps the other person, like there might be a, a leader, a follower, a bystander, and these all three of these guys kind of, and, and then a naysayer basically, and, and they constantly rotate in between those roles. Yeah. But the end product is supposed to be like, you know, much better than just one of those guys alone because you might have that 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 uh, egotistical headstrong leader but he might not see what the bystander guy sees because he's constantly looking and observing you know so those dynamics basically like a great team you know like when i watch a really great film i i, I think like there must be a very strong team dynamic that director understands how to put a team together and work with that team because you know, there's no way that person's making a film by themselves. It's very rare. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's all about teamwork and who you collaborate with. And usually when a great film, like, you know, like one of my favorites I always bring up on the podcast, you, <laughs> I'm like a broken record, but like Alien, for example, is a prime yeah. example of, 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 of an amazing ca cast and crew of people. And um, I think Ridley's ability to really pull the best out of his team and, and acquire the right talent to get the job done. You know, it's, it was a prime example of how to get it done properly, you know. Oh, and, I agree. And I think you see it as well. And I think you're you're smart enough to understand that and the power of that, you know. So that's really cool, man. That's it's really great to know that that's part of like the scholarship stuff as well because yeah, it's, if you don't know if you don't know about this book, guys, you guys should check it out or just go to Design Studio Press or I usually get all my books on like Amazon or I'll buy them directly through you guys or what have you. Um but yeah, that's it's one of my favorites from you guys. I have I'm looking at all of them. I have a ton of <laughs> I have like 10 or so of your books which are really great i have them like on a shelf here i have like drive awesome. and cosmic motors that was the, is that daniel simon's one yeah that's daniel's yeah. Cosmic motors he has another one yeah, coming out as well book. right yeah yeah it's at press right now cool. it's called the timeless racer the timeless racer that's right yeah 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 that's really cool yeah um but yeah i mean the skillful skillful huntsman is, is a great example i feel of um just collaborating you know like you know like you're you're seeing the opportunity you have these really amazing students and um they and they've gone off to like i think one's at dreamworks now too right uh, two of them went to dreamworks okay they're still there uh uh and i think felix just left and mike just left mike's now at disney okay and then kang is of course doing the adhesive games hawking thing yeah yeah he's doing his own thing yeah. yeah yeah when i started that book you know no no publisher honestly no publisher in their right mind is going to publish student work yeah and think, and think there's a market for it um but i thought you know this is not just student work it's um it's actually the story of concept design like the process yes. and there there were no books on process at the time and i really believed that that was an interesting uh it was interesting content for a book that i thought you know there's enough people out there that don't get exposure to this 
that would be interested in, in what goes on sort of behind the scenes at Art Center in a classroom. Yeah. And so we sort of created that from, you know, I created that class and we went out and Felix found the short story. That was our first assignment over our break, which was to find the short story we were going to visualize. And so Felix found that short story and I said, okay, just go read some stuff during break. It's gotta be in public domain. Um, so I don't have to worry about any copyright issues. And then yeah. of course we'll credit the people who did the translation or whatever, um, but let's just pick something old. And then we'll show how you can push that into all different, you know, sorts of scenarios and genres. I uh, loved it. I loved it. That <laughs> was one of my favorite books because it was Thanks. that point A to point B kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And that was the idea was to show people that, oh, this is how you think about taking a short two page story and we can fill a whole book full of visuals. Yep. Um, and we could spend Beautiful 50 pages just designing one character. And, yes, exactly. And we so we documented the whole thing, and that was basically done uh, in 14 weeks. So cool. And uh, we spent a little bit of time polishing it and writing it after the fact. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I always thought that people would love to be interested in that, seeing that that uh, flow of, of ideas and just the exercise of how you do that. Yeah, well, you thought right, because it's great. Yeah, no, how, thanks. How, yeah. how'd that book va like vary in, in the popularity of everything else? Is that one of the... It's genres? one of our more popular books. Yeah. yeah. Do you think um, it's because it has that? Because there is no niche for that, you know? Like, I, there was nothing I could find. It usually it was usually like, oh, here, I'm an artist, and here's my process, and blah, 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 you know? And, yes, yeah. yeah. That's um, cool. It's cool. I but. think a couple of things. One, I think that it was students, yeah. right? Which I think makes it very um, approachable. Yeah. And... And I got them to actually write a little bit about it as well. So and cool. So, I, so it was in sort of their their voice about talking about the work. Yeah. So I think it was just timely, and that as concept design for entertainment was becoming more popular, um, then you know that book sort of hit just at the right time. And because it's basically an educational book, it's used now as a lot of as a textbook in a lot of classes. So that's why the sales have sort of they've they're sort of flat, but they're they're still happening. Yeah. So. Um, but it, they're happening because uh, everybody, you know, sort of still likes it to have it as a supplemental text. That's uh, awesome. And as more entertainment design, you know, courses pop up around the world, um, that book still finds life. Yeah. Well, I, I, I feel like that's how any book is. When And I think it comes to that from that intention, right? Like some of the, the greatest books written are usually the intention is incredibly pure. And it's yeah. just coming from a desire to, to communicate, you know, like... Um, any book that I remember or I really like is usually from that. The author has finally written his like tenth book, and every ten, the ninth book's prior is all these like bullshit, pretentious stuff that he didn't really intend for. But then he finally gets to the end of it and goes, "Okay, you know what? I'm just gonna be myself." And I think maybe that was like <laughs> that was a perfect storm. I think even for you too, you're like, yeah. "There's, you know," and, and yeah, like you're saying, like you you could have went to a big publisher and said, "Hey, I want to do this book," and they'd be like, "Well, it's a student work. There's no like, there, we don't have proof of a market because of the risk, you know." And yes, and it's it's cool to be able to own your own company to be able to say, you know, I'm gonna take the risk on this because I feel it's it's good. And I and, and at the same time, I think it probably really helped all the students involved right as well oh yeah 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 because yeah. no, they were published already before yeah like, no, before they graduated so it was a great it was a great portfolio piece for them yeah um, it was for any employer like oh okay this makes sense then yeah. yes and we yeah, just kind is, of plug uh, and play. yeah yeah totally i mean it's like oh this is what i could get on a daily basis this is i want somebody who one thinks like this communicates like this has this sort of design skills can read this you know 
story and then communicate back these this varied range of uh you know aesthetics and so yeah, yeah the it, whole package then, yeah it was easy for them to find to find work after that yeah i imagine that's good and and those those students those three students that you managed to pick out they probably had those attributes that you had mentioned prior like yes open-mindedness curiosity yep. and hard work right yeah. yep yeah it's awesome yeah cheers to all those guys too because i I think it was really great and, and that book is, is one of my favorites too still to this day because of those very reasons because it, it does feel like it's coming from a very honest raw place and I feel like you know from that book I got motivated I was like hey I can just like go find a, a story of my own or I can make one up and I can uh -huh. I have the pillars basically like you've given me like you know the raw material to build my own house so to speak you know which is really yep. great and that's 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 what really helps for, I think for people that because what we do is it can be a bit ambiguous, you know, especially if you're starting out too, it can be very abstract thinking and, and you're like, well, how did you do that? And how would you do that? You know, and connecting the dots really helps, you know? And so, yeah, that book and I, I've been a big, I'm really into teaching foundation skills. And so that's, yeah. you know, because I, I see the value in them yeah. um, because it's, it's really, you know, it's funny because the, the fine artist approach to foundation skills is like, oh, it's too restrictive, right? You're trying to <laughs> you're trying to tell me to do it one way, and it's like, dude, it's just light and shadow. I mean, it just is one way, right? And yeah. so, but if you trust me and stick with it, what it's actually going to do is empower you to then bend the rules once you know, understand, and understand the basic physics. Yeah. And so I've seen it be incredibly empowering for people. Yeah. Um, who stick with it and master the foundation skills. And so the people that I've seen do sort of the most incredible abstract work are the ones that have the greatest grasp of foundation skills um, and sort of basic physics and how the world works. Yeah. And then they have more, it seems like they're more apt to abstract that as opposed to trying to work creatively and kind of working around there may be lack of knowledge of, of how things really work. Yeah. So, you probably connect with that as a viewer because of your, uh, your mind of thinking and practicality and understanding the fundamentals so well, I'm sure too. But yeah, I agree. I, I've, I've always been kind of like uh, shy of those things and they, they always come and haunt you. You know, if you don't understand how the dynamics of a tricep work, every time you draw it, it's going to show that you don't know it. That's the thing I love yeah. about art. You know, it's, it's so honest. And only when you know the rules can you break them, I feel, you know. And that's like kind of a, a, a bummer. <laughs> I know. But I know. at the same time, it, it's, it's, an, it's an earned journey. Like you can't just, that's what makes it so cool to be what we do is like, and that's what makes really great artists so cool. And it, and it quickly conveys like, shit, this guy really spent some time because he's this good. I can tell that he must have put in the, the hours and, and he has an idea and a thought to convey. Yeah. And there's, 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 you know, like you can cheat it. You don't have to necessarily do that. There's ways, there's ways in, in people that um, have made a living and, and have, have, have made it without doing all those things, those 10,000 hour rules and learning anatomy and dynamics and, you know, structures and all that kind of stuff. But like you're saying, I think it, it helps. Knowledge is power, you know, like the absence of knowledge is not power, I think sometimes, you know, like I think that, um, I used to think that ignorance is bliss. I, I don't know if that's so true with everything, you know, I think yeah. it's, it's just- I just think that it's, you know, you never judge the the quality of curriculum or a class you teach on, on the sort of anomaly geniuses that are coming through the program, right? Those top three or four students out of 20, they're always going to be there and they were great before they even got to the school or got to your class. Yeah. What you really have to judge it on is, and see if it's working for people is you look at the sort of middle 
you know, the middle of the, the class, the mediocre students that started and then where they finish. Mm. And so I think that for a, a larger population of people, having some fundamental skills to fall back on, to build upon, um, I've seen it become incredibly empowering for those people, as opposed to the saying, yeah, but look at this, you know, this genius, they didn't have to do that. It was like, well, yeah, because they're a genius. Right? So <laughs> some people just get it. Yeah. Some people just get it and they, and they don't, and they can, they take a different path, but those are, that's not, that's not all of us. That's not the rest of us basically. And so I think there are definitely things you can learn about physics and the way the world works, et cetera, to then allow you to, you know, explore your creativity uh, to a much higher level if you didn't have that knowledge. So, and I, and I, I can never, can never really deal with the argument of, you know, oh, it's limiting my creativity. It's like, well, listen, why don't you just learn it? You can choose to ignore it later. Yeah, Yeah. But if you never know it, you, you, you know, you can never do anything with it. So, I mean, you just don't have options. So why not yeah. just give it a shot and then you can choose to ignore it. Yeah, so. yeah. I've, I've, I've been on the side of both of those arguments. Usually um, whenever I had the argument, I just wanted to get in and I wanted to work, you know? Yeah, exactly. And anything holding me back from doing the work, I was like, oh, get it away from me because all I want to do is draw and I didn't want to necessarily learn yeah. all the time. I just wanted to experience, you know? It's, it's you know, the, the, the great... The great thing is the musical instrument analogy. Yeah, right? that's a good because one too. Because yeah. is that playing the piano, right? Yeah. And that you well, you can't just jump right out on on stage there and 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 play the the um, amazing uh, concert for someone. You just can't get out there and do that, um, especially solo, um, without having played all the chopsticks and and learned for those ten thousand of hours. So yeah. the same thing holds true for art, I think, especially design. Um, absolutely. It, when it, when you're doing yeah, when you're doing design, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, yeah, you're you're trying to convey an idea, yeah, and you need those tools and understanding of the world around you to really benefit with the actual final output and the product as well. So, yeah, that's a prime example. That's a great one. Yeah, because it is about the amount of time that you put into these things, you know. And and look at you, like that's the thing. It was so cool when we were chatting at at Comic Con. It was just like, yes, <laughs> because you're like, yeah, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I'm like, yay. Like, I love meeting people and talking to people that are busier than me because it makes me just like it pushes me even further, you know, and it makes me excited because it just it makes me realize that, like, no matter what, I'm always going to be curious. You know, I got that same kind of thing. Yeah. I just, I just want to learn. And and look at you. You're just like, dude, I'm doing these replicator things with Moto and this and that. Yeah. And I'm showing this on YouTube and I get this book publishing It's a textbook. It's like it's so cool because, yeah, you know, like. I could spend my day just sitting around and complaining about like why things aren't getting done or blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it's, it's cooler to take the proactive uh, route, you know, and just make your own stuff happen. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's not easier, but it's definitely no. more rewarding, I think. Right. It's definitely not easier. But yeah. Oh yeah. It is, but it's very rewarding. And it, it's weird though, is that you don't really, I don't know if you're always active, you never really pause to, you know, self-reflection part of it. Yeah. I don't yeah. really do that much. You just, you should, huh? you should be cautious of that one. Huh? I know, but, yeah. Do you get <laughs> sleep? Really do you get normal sleep too now? Or are you yeah, still yeah, I'm normal, normal yeah. sleep. like eight hours usually then? Yeah, Try usually. To? That's yeah. pretty good then. Do you feel like that helps you now? I mean, because how old are you now? I'm 47, 47. So yeah, I mean like your energy levels, I mean, do you still feel energetic or are you getting younger or like, how did you uh, keep mentally, your flow going? 
mentally I'm probably younger than I ever have been. That's cool. Right? Because and I and can the tell, reason it why like... is because I have more tools available to me to be creative. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're so, embracing the tools too, which yes. is that's the way. Because a tool is a tool. It's but it's you who's actually making it something. Yeah, but see, that's the curiosity part. So yeah, if yeah. I see like you doing some amazing UI stuff, I'm like, what the hell is? How did you do that, right? Because I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. And I'll be like, oh, oh, there's a whole new world of tools that I didn't even know about. I want to try some of that. Cool. You, just, you know, you get the tool and download a tutorial and go for it. Yeah, that's what's interesting with the digital age too. You know, it's like it, it becomes a black hole. You know. <laughs> no, totally. Totally. It's, it's... Moto's eaten up a lot of my time the last several years. <laughs> You're the one that actually, uh, like, because I was talking with George Hull about all this stuff because we're doing the sabbatical together, and we were talking about, like, what hard surface program to use, and you're, you've been the one that I'm like, oh, you know, Scott's doing all these things with it. It seems really, like, I like the user interface, so that usually for a guy that's it's coming out of trying to do something from nowhere, um, user interface is a big deciding factor, you know? Mm, and, yeah, uh, it, it's pretty elegant. The Moto UI is, is quite elegant and simple. Yeah, the simplicity at the beginning is, is important, and then once you can get into it, and I'm, I'm, I imagine it gets crazier, but it depends on your end goal, you know. Like I, I, I have to really make sure. Do you write lists and stuff? Do you, are you big on lists? I'm not. I mean, I keep a lot of mental lists. I, I'm, I, I am big into oh, lists. One of those I'm guys, big, huh? Yeah, I'm big <laughs> into um, having. Uh, whenever I go into a new program, to mm -hmm. try to do have intent. So. As opposed to like just getting in there and dabbling and, and wasting a lot of hours, I like and you know getting lost in the program. Cool. I like to get in there and say, okay, I want to accomplish this. Good. Either because I saw somebody else do it, or because I would like to know if it can do this, for instance. So you could have an interesting idea, whatever is a, you're applying it to, whether it's architecture or whatever you want to do with it, and then just go in and try to learn. Can it do that one specific thing you're interested in? Yeah. Uh, and then you can go in and you can actually master something, right, about the program um, and take that to actually a very high level before you ever even worry about any of the rest of the program. And yeah. I think that for me is the most fun way to work because I'm just as impatient as everybody else. Um, <laughs> it doesn't like, show, but that's by hearing your path, that's it, it makes sense now. You do not want to, uh, like, because <laughs> like in Moto, you'll see, oh, shit, yeah, I want to do that super amazing rendering with that cityscape and all the lighting and yes and and you see so you try to jump in and of course inevitably you fail and that's how you really realize oh i need to do a step by step yeah ah uh, hate that and then part. You're, exactly <laughs> like, oh shit i really do have to work that's me and know? zbrush like four times already so oh me for zbrush like six times already like, okay you know what yeah this ui i just can't deal with it i'm, I'm out of here <laughs> So. Yeah, they they basically took everything that we know about the programs. Like if you're if you're new to all this stuff, you'd rock it out and have fun and it'd be easy. But if if you're you know like a person that's been using Photoshop and all these different kind of, it's just throws everything out the window. I'm like you assholes. Totally. And <laughs> yeah. if you and if you like logic at all. Yes, if like, you like logic, on. the UI is is, is very. It's totally backwards. <laughs> but once you get it, once you, it's like understanding oh, the, the, the language. Oh, the program's amazing. It's oh, magic. it's phenomenal. It's that's totally why magic. it's. Yeah, that's why it's, I mean, there's Mudbox and, in, in, you know, if you, and then Cinema 4D actually has been pushing their soft, soft modeling kind of technology, but, 
yeah, once you, <laughs> yeah, the UI is just, but I got it. I'm determined to learn it. So that's on my list. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of slowing down for the next month. So I might try to get back into it a bit. Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> How's your wife deal with that, man? <laughs> well, she's a feature film editor. So okay. when she's on jobs, she's totally slammed and busy as well. And okay. she's similar mentality in that she loves what she does. Okay, that's cool. So we both have the same uh, sort of work ethic. She and, understands it. Yeah. And... And then when she's between movies, she just wants to relax and not, you know, worry about that stuff. But um, so it's actually I have more time when she's working, obviously. Um, but no, I'm I just because I don't want to burn out. I need to slow it down. But also I need to go back and do a little sword sharpening, you know, because <laughs> after a while, your portfolio, you just get tired of it. You're like, yeah, oh, I can't look at any of that stuff anymore. I'm, I, can I do anything new? And <laughs> and so then you want to go back and that's the time to go experiment yeah and that's the stuff i love to do the most yeah and so i'm kind of just freed up now that the book is at press and before Good. i get into the next book yeah. full time i kind of want to take some time and, and that's like zbrush time digging deeper into moto trying experimenting more like abstracting the programs to see what they can give you yeah have you messed with processing at all you ever tried that um i do a little bit and that um i work with a uh, rob baldwin a good friend of mine who does a lot of he's a great programmer and moto guy uh -huh. and so we write some um, not so much as far as the script goes but um we we take kind of the replicator things and then rob's written some custom ui like all the stuff i did for the shoes mm -hmm. um we've we've done some sort of internal moto customizing with our own ui and then we've sort of to give algorithm control to the way that we abstract our mapping Oh, okay. And of images and of uh, 3D parts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, with the texture stuff. That's cool. Yeah. And that's yeah, really fun. But trying all those things, that's it's, it's cool, huh? Like, I think exploring and, and trying different like ways of getting somewhere is usually like the happy accidents and stuff, and leaving room for those to grow. Have you ever heard of that? Um, we bring him up quite a bit in the podcast. That Stefan Sagmeister, I think his name is, where he, he has that TED talk where he talks about it. I think every five or seven years, he takes a whole year off. Oh. And, and uh, I'll send you the link because I think you'd really appreciate it because it's all about like kind of reinventing yourself creatively. Yeah, I think it's really important. It's vital. If you it's keep vital. if you keep going, like um, there's another book too. I think if you haven't read it, you'd probably dig it called Manage Your Day to Day by the guys yeah. that make Behance. Yeah, uh -huh. I'll, I'll send you both of those links okay. because I think yeah, you'd really great. you'd really enjoy those because I think it'd be food for thought, especially if you have a little bit of downtime. But um, those are all about like, you know, um, as a creative person, it's, we're not necessarily meant to run marathons or meant to do like sprints. I think for me, yeah. that's it, like I like to blow up, go really, really, really hard, push and draw like a shit ton. And then I like to re rest, recollect, get inspired and then do it again. Yeah. And if you did, but if you don't give time for those um, recharges and stuff, like it can be really like at the end of basically what happens five years goes down the line. You're burnt out. All your work looks the same, and you haven't really adapted and grown and changed. You know. Yeah, you know, I, I definitely that's the way I prefer to work. Like I'm not a, a constant doodler when it comes to drawing. Mm -hmm. I only draw in like waves of of focus for like three weeks straight, no computer work, just drawing. Then I'll do the opposite, right? I'll do only moto for a month, mm. um, and then I'll do only Photoshop, or I'll do, or I'll mix the two together and do do just those two, or I'll do only photography. So, um, and that's what actually that's how I got into things like photography and, and mostly because of the tools and programs that come along now. Yeah. Um, like Neville and I do some crazy stuff just using photo booth 
right? Um, all the alien, the mirroring filter. Yeah. And we've now have it woven into like this very established workflow set of tools where we know we can just create these alien portraits or even full bodies um, quickly using the mirror filter in photo booth and then just go into Photoshop. And that inspired then trying the same thing inside ZBrush mm. um, using, but doing it in 3D. Yeah, yeah, the the mirror thing. Yeah, the mirroring thing. Yeah. And so we've been exploiting that simple idea that came out of the photo booth program over into 3D now. There you go. And then and then mixing it back into Photoshop, but um, curiosity. Totally curiosity, but also <laughs> curiosity with new tools. Right? Yeah. So um, yes. And then the ability to like step aside and be willing to fail, because yeah, um, if you're not willing to to fail or you don't give yourself space in your in your life to fail, you really can't advance. Um, and so, because a big part of learning a new tool or learning a new skill set or a new way of thinking is, of course, you're going to fail along the way. Yeah. And so, if you're not cool with that, you're never going to stick with actually mastering the tool. Yeah. I can see the reason and fear for people that, you know, for me, even especially like if I go into ZBrush, I'm like, I better make something really cool today. I know. <laughs> and if it I don't, like, I'm like, I suck. It's the most counterproductive thing to do. <laughs> it is. And then I think to myself, I could probably draw like 40 drawings right now that have been really cool or design something. But 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 you're absolutely right because you have to, you have to kind of silence that inner voice and dialogue and and understand it's for the greater good for you as a person and creatively and just learning all in general because it makes you better in the long run because yeah it's basically stepping outside of your comfort zone and if you can constantly do it just great you know but the problem is too and i think you might fall victim for certain things is maybe well i'm just mostly me i feel like i try to be a a master of everything and then but the the saying always comes in my head when i try to learn everything and be great at it it's like um a jack of all trades but a master of none you know like Correct. i always worry that i want to do too much and then i'll never because you know we're only here for such a, a short amount of time yeah. and to really be a master of any of this stuff i mean it just it takes it could take a lifetime of just understanding you know like and yeah. i look at other guys that really dig dig deep into stuff and i go damn i wish i had like that patience too but at the same time, like, I appreciate the idea that I'm constantly curious, you know, and wanting to try different things, you know? So. Yeah, at a certain point, I think it comes with maturity, too. You have to sort of become comfortable with yeah. uh, not being the master of something, but still being <laughs> curious about it enough that yeah. you want to you try it. Um, and it being okay with, you know, for me, I'm, like, super competitive as well, but in a fun kind of friendly way, not, like, real aggro sure. way. But <laughs> That's good. Just as a way to motivate myself. And... You know, and that's when I look at other people's work. Like I look at Neville's work in ZBrush, and I'm like, oh fuck, this is so good, right? And, <laughs> so cool, and, yeah. Yeah, so cool. I want to try that program, but of course, your expectation is you want to be as good as Neville. Yeah. But it's not going to happen. And so, putting those unrealistic, you know, sort of constraints on yourself really limits you in learning, you know, how to use a new tool. Steps. So, yeah. and that's why I think the school situation or a workshop situation is very, very great because it. It's like the safe haven for failure. Right? I love I mean, that's, those, yeah. You, you're expected to get outside your comfort zone. You're learning a new tool. You're learning a new way of thinking. And that that'll, that that'll and you're expected to sort of fail in that environment, right? You're not yeah. expected to put up amazing results. Um, but it's always when you're alone in your studio and you're trying to master those things, you put those sort of undue 
pressures on yourself. <laughs> I, How do you does know that? that? <laughs> everybody does it. So. Yeah, yeah. It's just because we, we want to have the best for, you know, at least for me. I, w- I want to be the best at what I can be. And every time every time I do something, I want it to be towards an effort of, of greatness, you know. And yeah. when it isn't, I just feel like, what the, <laughs> why the hell am I doing it, you know. So I know, but it's... It's, uh, it's part it, of the process. So. It's part of the process. And, that, yeah. and the more you sort of try to do that over and over again the more you realize about what it takes and yeah. you're like okay i know i'm gonna have to give myself two or three weeks you know and with and this is the thing like when i started to draw with my left hand because i'm a righty oh wow that i have no uh expectations of success oh so, so you do that that's interesting so tell me about that what's that all about so it's in uh, i documented it in my book uh liftoff okay it's like 700 sketches with my left hand ah, interesting. and it was totally to try and see if I could come up with new ideas because you come up you know you build muscle memory um, and so when you build your muscle memory because you practice so often yeah um, then all that you start to draw these certain curves you love the most right and then they start to show up in all your work and you're like oh you know if I see this damn curve one more time <laughs> right, I'm, I'm quitting I'm gonna go be an accountant or something and so <laughs> maybe not that extreme but you so then the idea is that, oh well what if i sketch with my other hand why don't i use the other side of my brain well i get new shapes because i have no muscle memory right so yeah yeah that's the idea and lo and behold it actually works you generate a lot of, of interesting shapes but mm-hmm. you have no expectation that the line quality should be nice at all yeah right because yeah. you have practiced with it and there's no muscle memory so you kind of all the expectations of doing a beautiful drawing are lifted right mm-hmm. because you you're realistic enough to know oh there's no way i'm not going to get nice looking drawings but i'm just going to give it a try yeah right and so the same sort of thing if you can get to that you know mentally get to that point when you adapt to a new program or something of lowering the expectations to allow yourself time to experiment i think you can really advance and build out your your tool sets as a designer or an artist right and adapt but that's you can learn photography about 3D tools, uh, you know, Photoshop, any of those sorts of things. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it, too. Yeah, because I'm a left-handed if I drew with my right hand. But I like to, the way I like to draw is, is to just kind of let the abstract go and let it go. And then once the energy, cause it's all about energy to me. And then once I capture that energy, then it's time to go in further. But we all we all have our different processes it's all about the you know what's in our your head and trying to get that out at least you know and and for me it, it was always it's always about like i have an idea and i just want to try and get it out of my mind so i can like be okay <laughs> yeah no, exactly and it, and there's no right or wrong way to do that however whatever no, tool you everybody has to, a different so, way yeah yeah, you, yeah you can sculpt you can draw you can do you know collage whatever you want to do yeah and you, you can see it and, and it's what's cool too it'd be an observer of this you know like i just got introduced to um damn uh i can't think of his name spider zero the sculptor uh-huh he does That's amazing cool. sculpts as simon lee i think is that his name i can't remember damn it but anyways his work is just phenomenal but what i see in his work is i see a lot of like like I pull reference from like I li- I love that his motion and design and the style of his fluidity of his sculpts like has like 
a lot of Phil Hale kind of drawings and paintings. I don't even know if he knows who that is, but it's really cool to see that, those dynamics, even like Ashley Wood's kind of compo compositions uh -huh. and stuff. So it's uh -huh. it's freaking wicked to look at. But I, like there there it goes again. It's like it's not about the medium or whatever. It's about the artist and his real, his relation with what he's doing, basically. Yeah. Or he or she, basically, which is really cool. But um, yeah, man, this is just this has been an awesome talk. I know, I know, uh, I don't want to hold you up anymore, and, and I'm sure you got to get going to check out all that stuff. Um, that's right, vacation time. Vacation time, dude. Yeah, I want to, you know, that's I've borrowed plenty enough of your time too, and and this will be a great chat. And maybe, um, maybe when you have a project or something you want to talk about, we can come back on or we can do another special. Maybe it would be really cool because I'm incredibly interested in publishing and stuff. And I'd love to get some kind of pointers or just some. Kind oh, of sure. Maybe we should do a little, stuff. yeah, we could do a publishing thing. When my, my new book comes out, I'll send it to you. Um, I'll buy it. Dude. Book. Yeah. I'll buy it. I'll support. Oh, that. thanks. Yeah. Well, um, it's important and then I want to talk about, there's some cool stuff in that book that not just in the printed pages. Cause okay. I think the printed pages are really cool for seeing a replicate, you know, a duplicate of the original drawing it's so much better on the printed page yeah, yeah. but the step-by-steps are really great in video form and so that book we tried to combine the two yeah so you're saying like you do cross media right you do yeah like, okay, we have 26 yeah. hard links wow but if you take awesome. a phone or an ipad or a android device the tablet mm -hmm. and we uh, actually rob baldwin figured it out for us we have a uh, ir tech so um image recognition instead of QR codes. Yeah, so yeah. You you're... just, you scan the images uh, with your camera and they immediately start playing a tutorial oh, related, so cool. related to that page. Love it. That's so cool, and man. And so we're kind of trying to extend that that physical book into the digital world. Yeah, it's a crossover. It's really cool. And for like, you know, I got to be honest, for like 20, 208 pages, it's, I don't know, it's like 25 bucks or 28 oh, that's so cool. right now. Such and you get another points. like four hours of tutorials yeah how are you able to manage this then yeah because that's... we're just making it i'm just making it part of the book because i want to make the coolest book possible yeah it's going to so, lead the way are other books doing that kind of stuff or i have not? never seen it yet i haven't seen it either yeah that's really cool i mean it, for a teaching platform it's great yeah i haven't seen it in the form i've seen like ar books and things that pop up models and little animations but i haven't seen them where they pop up educational uh, tutorials mm. and what's weird is when you do it it actually plays on the page that's so bizarre. cool. Bizarre, but that's you can of so course cool. make it full screen. Um, but no, I just want to make it the coolest drawing book, um, even though it has all these like I think we have 26 tutorials that are digital. Um, some of it will go back to the YouTube channel, but others will be hidden uh, that won't be public on the YouTube channel, and the, the gateway is through the book. So. Yeah, which is good. People, you know, if you're interested in this stuff, support it so you can continually do what he's doing here. You know, which is sharing. Yeah, stuff I appreciate it because I, I just love to share. So I'm hoping that people will go buy a book, and that will help me keep putting out the free tutorials. Yeah, I imagine so. You know, I hope so. So it should me too. Be all good, but dude, that's awesome, man. I can Well, maybe when that comes out and you're ready, we can um, have you back on. We can kind of talk about how the publishing do's and don'ts and kind of yeah exactly yeah happy to give some guidelines and that'd be amazing yeah interested in doing that yeah i'd love to do that but it's you know i gotta say it's easy to publish a book yourself it's really hard to sell a bunch of books i heard that yeah i've heard that exact same thing because so yeah. it, you know it's not it's not rocket science to make a book it's just a pile of paper that sits on the table right yeah like, exactly there's not well, a lot of tooling involved or anything like that yeah, well, actually, making a book that's desirable—that's the—that's the key thing, I think. And knowing the the niche market or whatever, you can do kind of like you're involved actually with um, 
Anthony Jones too with like Heaven's yep. Hell and the Kickstarter and stuff. I mean, what's your whole take on that? <clears throat> My whole take on that is he needs to finish the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> right now, that's my take on it. Uh, he's way behind, and I'm yeah. cracking the whip. Yeah, I crack that whip. I'll crack yeah. it too. I'll, I'll call him up. Because <laughs> no, uh, I bought CC, one too. Where's my book? Damn it. <laughs> CC, our graphic designer, she's now sending him a weekly email. So, uh, we're starting to now hound him. That's brilliant. Us, so. I love it. But that whole uh, Kickstarter thing is a cool way of looking at it and approaching it. But yeah, no, yeah. it is. It is. It's it's effectively book pre-sales. Yeah, um, yeah. It's know, a... You're making something physical. Yeah. Um, but it, it is fun. Uh, if you have an audience and you need some, you know, to get some downtime, um, that's a way to do it. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm happy to give some pointers on all that stuff. Awesome. So man. let's let's plan for that late fall. We sounds amazing. Well, that's cool. You go enjoy the freaking day. I'm hopefully the weather's good and enjoy it. It is awesome. nice and sunny, and uh, I'm gonna go down and look at some uh, big sailboats. Wicked. Well, All enjoy right. that, and, and thank you again. And if anybody wants to find you or reach out to you, um, probably just check out his his blog. Um, and I'll post links to the blog and to your website and uh, design Design Studio Press too as well. Yeah, I think the blog at the upper right has all the the uh, drawthrough.blogspot. If you link to that one, it has all the web stuff like YouTube channel and all the other crap. So. Awesome. Yeah, draw through job blog spot. Yeah, I'll have it in the link so people can cool. easily get to it. But thanks again, thanks Scott. So yeah, I yeah, appreciate it, man. Have a great day. And, and yeah, cheers, bro. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye-bye.